The Night Patrol, Hell's Angel Encounter. I decided to go out on a night patrol into the park uh, just to check everything and see if everything was okay. Um, it was about 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, there was still a little bit of uh, daylight. I asked my uh, roommate if he'd like to join me have somebody to keep me company he said he'd love to so he jumped in the truck and uh, he drove out slowly and started patrol of the park and highway one um, see what we could see uh, I decided to take a pull out next to highway one uh, that's just above Stillwater Cove and uh, we parked and I got out with uh, my roommate and we looked over the cliff and I could see two or three people camping on the beach. And uh, there was actually no one visible at that point uh, elsewhere on the beach. <clears throat> so I said to my roommate, uh, I'd like to contact these people and uh, inform them that this uh, is a day-use area only and camping isn't allowed and that uh, we could find them a place in a campground which would be more appropriate. And he said, great, let's do that. So we drove the truck down to the entrance gate to Stillwater Cove, uh, unlocked the big, beautiful white wooden gate, and uh, drove the Ranger vehicle down through the Redwoods uh, and then onto the beach. When we arrived at the beach, it was apparent that there were more than three people down there. Uh, within a minute, uh, multiple people started coming out of the bushes and uh, then on further inspection you could see motorcycles parked pushed actually back into the bushes and also hidden behind the trees uh, on a quick count I uh, could see eight or ten motorcycles um, so it was readily apparent that we, uh, we were going to encounter, uh, quite a few more people. So within, uh, a few minutes, uh, one fellow walked up to me, uh, with a leather jacket and, uh, he said, what's your problem, buddy? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, uh, to inform you, but this is a day-use facility, and uh, camping isn't allowed here. And uh, he says, you know who the m I am? And I said, no, sir, I, I don't know who you are. And he turned around, and on the back of his vest, it read Hell's Angels. And I thought, okay. I said, are you a Hell's Angel? And he said, yes, I am. 
He says, so are the other members of our group that are camped here in the bushes. So pretty quickly, uh, another hell's angel came out and then another and another and another. And uh, they were all uh, severely intoxicated. Uh, clearly were up on something and uh, their choice of language was pretty rich. Uh, so I said, uh, I, again, I'm sorry to inform you, but uh, this is not a campground. This is a day use facility. Uh, and it's for day use only for the public. And uh, I'm gonna have to move you on to a campground. Uh, where it's uh, acceptable to camp. You can't camp here. So it didn't take very long to figure out that we had a problem. Uh, we had a big problem in that uh, it was just, again, a short amount of time that my roommate and I were surrounded by a gang, and I mean a gang of Hell's Angels. So I told my uh, I told my uh, roommate to stay in the truck and not exit the truck. I could tell that this this could escalate. This could turn into a much bigger problem, and I certainly didn't want that. I also realized that uh, my truck had not yet been outfitted with an FM Motorola radio. Uh, the only radio that I had in my Ranger truck at the time was, was a Citizens Band radio. And Citizens Band radios uh, either work or they don't work. And when they do work, you're often talking to somebody miles and miles and miles away, and there's no guarantee of who that might be. So I thought, this is a really challenging situation. So I realized I had no way to get out to call for backup. Um, when I turned around, the Hells Angels had blocked the entrance with two of their motorcycles, and they were standing in front of their motorcycles staring at me and my roommate. So I thought, uh, we've got to try to uh, convince these people that uh, moving to a campground is the right thing to do. And the challenge would be how to move eight Hells Angels who are intoxicated, uh, clearly gone, and uh, didn't appear to be in a very good mood either. So one of the Hells Angels, he decided to be the spokesperson, and he walked up to me and he said, who the hell are you? And I said, well, I'm the park ranger in charge. And he said, you're a what? What is that hat? And I said, well, the hat and the badge, that means that I'm a park ranger. And I'm actually in charge of this area, including this beach. And he said to me, you're in charge of it. 
how can he be in charge of a beach? And I said, well, that's kind of a long story, but uh, we have certain sections of coast that uh, we oversee, that we manage. And I manage Stillwater Cove Regional Park. And we have rules here in the park system. And one of the rules is that you cannot camp in a day-use area. And he says, well, you can see we're camped here. So what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I'm going to try to convince you to move to a campground. I think that would work best for you. It would certainly work best for me. About that time, my roommate decided for whatever reason to get out of the ranger truck. This guy, uh, one of the Hells Angels had flagged him over to come over. And as soon as I looked up, I saw the Hells Angel pull out a switchblade. And he threw it open. So the blade was shining. And I could see the blade. I could see him holding it in his right hand. And he was beckoning my roommate over to talk to him about, quote, the situation, unquote. As soon as I saw that, I yelled to my roommate, no, nope, uh, I'll take care of it here, get back in the truck. And he says, no, I'm just going to go over and talk to this guy. And I said, no, you're not. I want you back in the truck. And I want you back in the truck now. Please do it. So he knew me by now. We'd been together as friends for, I would say, five years. So... He caught on real quickly and got back in the truck. So this guy comes up to me and says, I don't think you heard me. I'm in charge here. I'm not planning on going anywhere. And uh, you can go somewhere yourself, but we're not going anywhere. And I said, well, all right. I said, uh, again, uh, you can't camp here. So I was persistent. Uh, the whole while I was talking, uh, to the right of me was a couple in a sleeping bag, and they were having sex. I think they were probably about five feet away from me. And um, the couple continued unimpeded, didn't seem disturbed by the fact that I was standing there. The fact that I had driven in with my truck, and the fact that I had my headlights on, and I also had a spotlight on. And a periodic citizens band radio was crackling from the dash. So I thought, hmm, what do I do about this? So I told the fellow, wait just a moment. And I went and got in the truck. And I got on the citizens band radio. And I asked for assistance on a CB. And shortly... I got a man who said he was from Canada. Well, Canada's a long ways away, 2,000 miles away, I understand, from where he was. I explained my situation to the man, and he says, well, what would you like me to do? I'm in Canada. I'm a long ways from where you are. And I said, well, I'd appreciate it very much if you called the sheriff's office. I'll give you the number. I gave him the number to the sheriff's office. And then I said, you could also do something else for me. You can call 
a lady named Linda. She owns and operates the ranch just above the cove. And she has a citizen's band radio. And if you could call her, tell her to turn on her radio. I knew she always turned it off in the evening. Ask her to turn it on and uh, ask her to listen for the Ranger, uh, Ranger 832. And uh, let's go from there. And I said, I'll do a couple other things. So then I reached down the Citizens Band radio and it had a switch that turned it to a public address system. So I turned it to a PA on an outside speaker. So I switched it to the outside speaker and I announced on the speaker, uh, Bob, Dave, uh, George, I've got this, not a problem. Uh, it's good, just hold your position up there. I'm fine. These guys are cooperative. Everything's going just fine here. If anything changes, I'll signal you and you can come in. Well, anyway, of course, the Hells Angels heard it. And uh, they're looking up and looking around to see who I'm talking to. Well, I wasn't talking to anybody. There was no one there. I was by myself with my roommate down in the cove with eight Hells Angels at about now 7.30 at night. So they kept looking up the cliff. So again, I said, Dave, George, it's okay. Stay there. Not a problem. I have this covered. So the head guy comes up. He says, uh, who are you talking to? And I said, oh, I have some uh, deputies up here. And they're my backup. And uh, they'd like to come on in. But I told them, you and I work something out. And uh, there's no need for them to come in. That uh, we'd be able to work this out and I'd be able to move you along. Put you in a campground. And he kept looking up at the thing. He was uh, high as a kite. So he kept kind of moving forward and tilting backwards and tilting forwards and tilting backwards. And I said, uh, you know, we really need to get you put down for the night. Um, what do you say? Hey, I make the deal better. I will actually lead you to the campground. I will lead all of you, Hells Angels, to the campground, and I'll get you settled in. How does that sound? And the guy goes, effin', 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 yeah, naff, effin'. And I said, well, that sounds like we have a deal. Is that correct? You're willing to work with me on this? I said, otherwise, I have to call these guys in and, you know, it'll turn into a big deal. So let's just keep it simple. Let's just get your bikes fired up. You follow me and I'll take you to the campground. Well, finally, the guy goes, well, I don't know what the hell you are. And I don't know who the hell you are. But he says, you sure have a lot of confidence. And I got to give that to you. And I said, yeah, I'm confident that we can get you in a campground. And I think you're going to be real happy about that once it's all said and done. So the guy goes, yeah, all right. You know, some of these guys are pretty high and pretty loaded. And I said, no, I understand that. I said, 
that's why I want you to follow me in my White Ranger truck. And we'll just go slow and we'll get you up the campground. But we got to get all these bikes fired up. He said, all right. So he goes over and he talks to another leader. And the leader's arguing with him, saying, this is ridiculous. Who the hell is this, you know? And I would guess that he had a few other things to say because uh, there were eight of them and there was only two of us. So there could be any other outcome, any other kind of outcome was possible. So I went back to my truck and pretended like I was talking on the radio. And then all of a sudden the ranch person came on and said, uh, this is Linda at the ranch. Uh, can I help you? And I said, yeah, you can. I'm down here in the cove, and I've got uh, some bikers, motorcyclists. I actually have a gang of Hell's Angels. And she said, you got what? And I said, I have a gang of Hell's Angels. I've got eight or ten of them down here. And I said, I'm trying to move them along to a campground. But I need you to stand by. I don't know what the outcome is going to be here. And I need somebody that I can reach quickly on the radio. I said, also, the sheriff's office will be calling you. They're supposed to have a car dispatched en route, but it's going to take them 45 minutes to an hour to get here. So a lot can happen in that time. So I'd appreciate it very much if you stayed on the radio. And I said, also, would you talk on the radio like you're a regular sheriff's office dispatcher? She says, well, how is that? What do you want me to say? And I said, I want you to say... Uh, Park Ranger, we have units rolling your direction for backup. Uh, their estimated time of arrival will be about 10 minutes. We know it's going to be 45, but don't say that. Just make them think that the backup is just around the corner. Make them think that there's two or three units. Uh, tell them the location, uh, Stillwater Cove. And tell him that Ranger 832 is handling this with his partner down in the cove. And just keep talking like that. I'm going to put it on the external speaker. <clears throat> I'm going to put it on the PA. So she did. She went about acting like she was a dispatcher for the sheriff's office. And she just kept talking. And I turned the PA up as loud as you can hear it. Loud as it would go so you could hear it echo in the cove it was actually that that loud that the sound was carrying through the cove and bouncing off the walls of the cove and it sounded like uh, a giant uh, rock concert um, in this case a uh, dispatcher concert so I left it on then I went back to the group leader and I said are we good here can we get this going and he goes, I talked with my partner, and we're, I go, all right, yeah. You say this is better than this? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, you need to get the couple in the sleeping bag to put their clothes on and get their act together so we can get on the highway here. He goes, all right. So he <laughs> walked over the sleeping bag and kicked them and said, knock it off and get out and put your clothes on. We're going to leave. And they said, leave, leave, go where? And he says, this ranger guy's got a campground. We're going to go to some campground this ranger guy's got. 
And they go, all right. So they stumbled out. They could barely stand up. So I, uh, another one of the bikers comes over to my partner's side of the door, and he started to roll down the window. And I said, nope, leave the window up. Lock your door and make sure the door is locked. So he locked his door. And uh, I went back out and I said, okay, let's get them all fired up. So they got all their motorcycles fired up except for one. So we had uh, seven motorcycles fired up, but one of them would not fire up. It wouldn't start. And so the guy goes, well, we're going to get the truck and uh, you need to go now and get it. Well, I had not seen a truck, but they had a truck. They had an old Chevy. looked like a 1950-something Chevrolet truck, you know, all beat up and rusty and so forth. So one of the guys went up and got the truck and brought it down. And then three of the guys got the bike that wouldn't run and pushed it onto the back of the truck and left the tailgate down and then told the guy that owned the bike to sit on the tailgate and watch his motorcycle. So I decided, okay, well, this is a chance to at least make a break and maybe just get out of there or make a break and get these guys to follow me. So I uh, honked the horn and I had some amber lights I turned on and so then they kind of push their bikes a little bit over to one side as they sat on them and I went past them and I got out to the highway and then I got on the PA and I said all right gentlemen let's head them up move them out and so I hear all these bikes having trouble running because they're cold and uh, some of these Harleys run really rough when they're cold and when I look back uh, I would say four of them, the headlights didn't work. So you had at least four motorcycles with no headlights. Well, I thought, well, can we do this? Sure, we can do this. It's late at night, late enough at night. I'd say now we're probably 8, 8.30 at least at night. And back in those days, there was no traffic on Highway 1. You just didn't see any cars usually past seven o'clock there was just no traffic going north or south on highway one and that night uh, was not an exception it, it was no traffic at all so pretty soon we're all out on the highway we have all eight motorcycles we have a truck <coughs> pardon me we have a truck with a motorcycle in the back of it and uh i'm driving slowly uh, northbound on highway one and beside me, because these guys wouldn't stay in the lane of traffic, I had eight Hells Angels on motorcycles, four of them without headlights. So I continued driving north real slow. I'd slow down if somebody got behind. And I led a pack of eight Hells Angels on motorcycles and one driving an old Chevy truck northbound highway one I thought now where in the heck am I gonna take these guys because it wouldn't be a good idea to just take 
of his motorcycle gang anywhere. So I said to my roommate, we're going to go a little further north. So I proceeded north past Ocean Cove. Mind you, we're only driving about 30 miles an hour. And then further north past Salt Point State Park. Then further north past Stump Beach. And then just past Stump Beach, there's this giant turnout that goes up into the woods. So I led all of the Hells Angels up into the woods. And then I had them turn off their bikes. And then the head guy walks over and he goes, well, what is this? And I said, this is a campground. And this is an area where you can camp. And it will be better than the other place. You'll have your privacy. Uh, you can even sleep in in the morning. He goes, all right, well, where's the bathroom? And I said, well, there really isn't a bathroom here. Uh, the woods are right over there. However, across the street over here, there are some bathrooms. And uh, so, you know, you're welcome to use those. I looked up through the woods as I was talking to the gentleman biker and I noticed there's a motorhome parked behind the trees right probably 50 feet away there's a uh, 25 foot motorhome parked in the trees and I thought oh boy so I told the lead biker guy I'd be back to stay where he was and I'd be back to help him so I went over in a motorhome and I knocked on the door and I heard some rustling in the door. A guy come to the window. Who are you? Who are you? So I took my flashlight and I shined it on my hat and my badge. I said, I'm a park ranger and I need to speak to you. It's important. And he goes, oh, yes, sir. All right. So he just cracked the door open of his motorhome. He says, how, how can I help you? And I said, sir, I'm a park ranger. Um... I'm here to tell you that we need to move you and your motorhome to another location. Um, he goes, who's all those people? They woke us up. And I said, well, that's a gang of Hells Angels. And uh, they've come here to camp. And um, they kind of want it to themselves, you know? You know what I mean? They kind of need their own campground. And I promised them that. So I'd appreciate it very much if you could fire up this motorhome and follow me and I'll take you to another place to camp. And uh, he says, yes, sir, I'll get right on it. The funny thing is this man was uh, an older gentleman and he had on pajamas and he had on one of those little silk pajama caps. <laughs> uh, he looked great. Anyway, he fired that motorhome up and that was... He's having trouble getting that going because it was cold and he had to warm that up. So while he's getting that warmed up, I went back over to the motorcycle gang and I said, How do you guys feel? Are you okay here? Everything look all right? And uh, they said, Oh, yeah, we're, we're tired now. We just want to sleep. Where can we sleep? And I said, You can sleep anywhere here, you know. I said, We're pretty close to the road here, so... 
if it were me, I would just go back, see the, the woods right there? I would just go back there and uh, pitch camp. And uh, you're close to the ocean. Ocean's right across the street. And the restrooms, they're also right across the street. So you're in a good spot now. And I said, I, I, I'll, I, I'll promise you one more thing. I'll come back and check on you in a few hours. And I'll make sure you're all right. He goes, you'll do that? Yeah. He goes, well, you're a pretty good park ranger, I think. Whatever those are. And I said, yep, I'm, I'm a pretty good park ranger. I'll be back to check on you. So I went and I got my friend and his wife and his motor home. He was still in his pajamas, but he got behind the driver's wheel. And he followed me southbound on Highway 1. We're going the opposite direction now. And I brought him down past uh, the main parks because I didn't really want them up there with the other group. So I brought them down to a private property area where they would be out of view completely. And I showed them where to park and got them all backed in and they thanked me and I told them that I would check on them later in a few hours make sure that they were all right so then I left and uh, went back to double check the cove to see if the cove was empty uh, Stillwater Cove and it uh, it was now empty we, uh, we no longer had any uh, illegal illegal uh, we didn't have any illegals either we didn't have any illegal campers in the Stillwater Cove beach area it was now just the beach and the waves rolling in and the redwood trees and it was a beautiful night and so I made sure that the gate was locked up tight and then we headed back to the ranger station. Park Ranger John Lushenko. <laughs>